Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in the world. This is a weird setup for me today. This is my first time ever recording the Michael Dupree Variety Hour not in, in at Wayne Radio's studio. It's wild. Everybody... Crazy. Uh, History's yeah. being made. Yeah. It's interesting. And we are in the new planet... Planet... <laughs> planet... The new Planet Ant Podcast studio today. And it's... Uh, colorful in here. <laughs> it is. Great. A lot of different colored uh, soundproofing stuff mm-hmm. on the walls, which is very fun. It blends fun. nicely. This is also a big day for me because this is my first time recording a podcast after getting my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, wow. Uh, last, not last Friday, but two Fridays ago. Okay. My jaw still hurts. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, I'm, it's a big uh, sacrifice for me, Jeff. I hope yeah, I Yeah, you, you know what? I, I do appreciate it. How do you feel? <laughs> Uh, it's hard to talk. Not really. It's, but I mean, it's. I wouldn't. I mean, it's harder to talk than it is normally. In, okay. In, so in a, normal it, life, it is at the very least. It's an inconvenience. Yes, it's more okay. of an inconvenience. It's not so much like I'm struggle. It's not like a struggle. You know, like you're not, you're not struggling. I'm not like I'm not about to write. <laughs> you're not gonna get a GoFundMe a going. Song about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if someone wants to start a GoFundMe for me, I, I'll I, turn I it down. Be, yeah. I would not, but no, it's it's not the greatest feeling in the world. The new my new thing is because uh, Friday I had to go for my post op like follow up thing, and they okay. uh, see if they pulled them out right. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like Did I we just, fuck this up. Let me check, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> just to see, like, oh, yeah, I left something in there. No, uh, just to see how like it's healing up. We didn't even get check. the right teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, those aren't your oh, wisdom teeth. Oh man, those, I was wondering why you, I was missing my front two. What are these guys called? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. There's wisdom the Bugs teeth and other ones. <laughs> the Bugs Bunny teeth. Yeah, there's the front chompers and yeah. the side ones. The I don't, I don't know the scissors. name of any teeth. Um, yeah, no, so they, but they were showing me how to, like, do this, like, they gave me, like, these little syringes that, okay. like, curve down. Oh, really? And they, like, sh- showed me how to, like, shove it in my little mouth and <laughs> and then, like, put it, because I have to, like, make sure that there's no food in there. Okay. And they were rough. <laughs> they were just, like, <laughs> drilling it in there and just squeezing it and they, they put the little, like, suckers, metal sucker thing in my, in it oh, and just yeah. jammed it around. And oh, jeez. They did not make it feel better, but... It's it's been well yeah we're work. we're all praying for you man we're gonna get <laughs> some shirts you. made really for you a good charity going wow that's I feel like there's better charities <laughs> yeah but, there probably are you but know. hey I'll deal with it <laughs> I'll take it I have I'll, I'll I I could use some donations towards my care credit card okay now. <laughs> get Michael's the outstanding balance on his wisdom teeth removed. That would be nice. Anyway, if you've never listened to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour before, it's an arts showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, poets, painters, poets, <laughs> and stand-up comedians, hey. uh, such as Jeff Horst, who is sitting across from me right now. Hey. He is a stand-up comedian. Uh, he's got a special coming out this Friday, August 24th, 
as part of Kevin Hart's uh, the Next Level. Correct. On Comedy Central. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. They they had a what was that show? Drawn Together. Yeah. Did you ever meet? <laughs> you, have you met anyone from Drawn Together now that you're on Comedy Central? Uh, I, haven't. I haven't. You're a Comedy yet. Central personality. <laughs> personality. Yeah. I haven't heard that yet. I haven't no. heard of myself <laughs> being referred to as yeah. a Comedy you, Central personality. I think from now on, you people <laughs> have to refer to you as Comedy Central's Jeff Horst. Yeah. People have been calling really? me that. People have. A friend of mine's getting married, and I don't know if he said it jokingly because he jokes enough. Where he was like uh, on the table, he's like, "I'm gonna put." Comedy Central's, Central's Jeff Horst, like as the nameplate, <laughs> and I was great. like, "That's awesome." But in my mind, I'm like, "I don't, th- I, I, don't I, I kind of don't hope, I kind of hope he doesn't do that." Is but that then weird? The other part of me is like, "It's kind of funny." I can't decide if I want that or not. <laughs> if I would laugh, like I don't want it. I don't have an opinion on whether or not it should exist. Yeah. But part of me is like, if there's a person that's sitting next to me. That they're like, like oh. oh, this asshole put credits <laughs> for his wedding. Like, I wrote a book. Like, well, maybe you know, he did something cool doctors too. Doctors have, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, PhD at the end of their name. So that's you should make that officially part of your <laughs> part of my your name. name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Central's Jeff Horst. Even if you like go on to do bigger and better things, like you get your own HBO show, or like you become like say president. Still, like, <laughs> like president please, everyone rise for president <laughs> Comedy Central's Jeff Horst. <laughs> Oh man, they don't they don't let poor people be president. No. I, I think well, we'll have yeah, we'll have animals as president before that's, they let that's the where poor. your HBO special comes that's... in. <laughs> Once you got your HBO special and start raking in the big bucks. In the big bucks, yeah. then, then I can afford big Does president. HBO still do stand up specials? Um uh, some more, people do. I, more I think Netflix uh, Gerard game, yeah. Gerard uh Carmichael had uh he he put one on HBO, Recently? I think just for the sake of being different. Mm-hmm. Well, sometime within the last year. I mean HBO you I just called it HBO like a British person. <laughs> HBO. <laughs> Uh, they used to do a lot of kind of specials. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I don't think they do it as much anymore because Netflix is everyone's getting specials on Netflix these mm-hmm. days. You're just handing them out. I was watching <laughs> Dimitri Martin's new one last night. Were you? Uh, yeah. Okay. But I fell asleep because he has such a soothing voice. <laughs> a, you're like, you have to be awake. You're like, this yeah. is funny, but I just, yeah, I just like, can't watch it when I'm, I'm tired. But he's yeah. got such a like monotone. He's like basically the ASMR stand-up comedian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I opened up for Dimitri last year, and I heard really? some of the things that I told people about, like the jokes of his that I liked. Wow. Uh, I heard that he does in the special of like he has a he has a, a couple of jokes that are more story <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Because he was saying that like he traditionally doesn't have any story joke, but he had a, a story joke that he did there, and he was it was interesting seeing somebody in his position still being honest about things that he's working on. Mm-hmm. Like you never hear that that, that as often. You right. don't hear of like people still mentioning I'm still trying to get better at this aspect, and uh, especially like when they're already considered famous. Yeah. <laughs> but. He was, it was cool. He was like, yeah, I'm still trying to get better at, you know, storytelling, uh, you know, jokes. And that's, you know, he, he, it was a great story that he had. So he's always maybe the second like... half when you're, when you're less tired, maybe that, <laughs> that joke, <laughs> maybe some stories will be in there. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep my eyes open for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where, where are you from originally? I grew up in Southfield at Southfield, 8 Mile and Evergreen. Michigan. Oh, that's not yep. far from where I work. Uh, we could hang out sometime at yeah. your old family home. <laughs> yeah, the, the house isn't there anymore. Oh, but I'm sorry. Yeah, it'll be in an abandoned, uh, but we can just stare at that lot yeah, of land. and just think. And bring back memories for me and you'll yeah. just. I used to play on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. What did you have any uh, weird things you did as a child, like uh, games that you would play? Yes, <laughs> my brother made up a game called Guard. Guard. We had a game where 
in our backyard, we had a we had a decent sized. I mean, like I guess it depends who you talk to. Some people, a big backyard is like a couple acres or something. You know what I mean? But mm. enough for like us to all run around and not uh, get bored as children. And we had um, there was like this old like little shed essentially mm. with just nothing inside of it. It was just a shed that we call the playhouse. And it's funny, as pa- I realized my parents could, you can name things cooler things than what they are, mm-hmm. and then your kids just believe that. <laughs> like, they called it a playhouse. I'm just now realizing this for the first time. It was just an empty shed. It was just an <laughs> empty shed. It was a wooden shed, and that, that was it. But but we loved it. We loved this playhouse. Uh, there would be, like, a jewel Whatever, some object that we would put inside a jewel of, of uh, inside of the shed. Where did and, you get jewels? Uh, there was, I think we just called it a jewel. It okay. was just, it was a shiny thing that my brother got out of the trash once. Got it. And uh, it was like a, it was just like a crystal. It was like got a it. bigger crystal thing. And uh, it was in the middle of this shed. And there's a guard who had to walk around the shed. And the job was the, the shed's in the back. And you had to um, you had to get to the shed and grab the jewel and then leave uh, and bring it back to your base where you started from without the guard seeing you. And if mm-hmm. he saw you, he had to be like, Jeff's behind the tree. Like we named all of the areas of the yard. That's awesome. And if you um, and if he was wrong based on the name or the location, then that didn't count. Then he then you're not removed. It was a detailed yeah, that game for, fun, for, for kids. Yeah, yeah. It was a. De- I have, kept on perfecting it and adding to it, but it was it was fun. I have one qualm about uh-huh. this game. <laughs> All right, is there was there only one entrance to this shed? Um. Yes. So, but we tried to be honest with the. You can't just stop in front of it. You had to constantly. The guard had to keep on right. moving. But so in sometimes the, reality, the guard would know that somebody would be there. But like, I can't fucking see him. I'm on the other side of the building. We were we were we were actually good about that for some reason. But in the Still. reality of the world of this game, oh yeah, why yeah, would the yeah. guard leave? Oh yeah, and walk around the. Why shed? wouldn't he just sit Stay in the? In why the why wouldn't he just sit in the shed? Not realistic. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the most realistic thing. <laughs> That's yeah. disappointing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was definitely like stealth level of like a Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just like I tapped on the wall and now everybody's thrown off. Where now? Who was that? <laughs> Footsteps. I'm gonna go over the tapping noise and leave all the entrances open now. Yeah. So, um, you so was it was it fun? Was it fun uh, growing it up was. and being a child? It was fun growing up and being a child. Nice. I uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I had some neighborhood friends and stuff, and uh, it it was cool. Yeah, we had friends on different streets. We could walk through our neighbor's yard to get to uh, to get to the street behind us. So we could kind of cut through uh, the neighborhood very quickly. Nice. So uh, those were the old days when you could just hang out in your neighbor's yeah. You could just walk and... through your neighbor's yard and they didn't care. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, that's how they get to the street behind them. Yeah, nobody I don't even cared. know this neighbor, but they don't, yeah, they don't like mind they, being yeah, in their backyard. Yeah, nobody even cared. Yeah, and nobody cared. Yeah. yeah, or when you actually knew your neighbors. True. Yeah. Now, now the neighbor talk is a lot more like small talk of yeah. like. Like, oh, I yep. talked to my neighbor Break the same my way. Yawn. I would, yeah, I would my wait. <laughs> I talked to like the cashier. Is it the same level of conversation? Right. Like, it might rain. Oh crap! Have a good day. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> oh, I can't do rain. <laughs> Very, yeah. <laughs> the weird thing about my neighbor is that uh, the, her cat loves me way more than it loves her. Really? And uh, I mean, I'm cool with that. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But so we live in a duplex, and. Um, 
we get in through the back door and their back door they have like a porch and that's where they hang out the most our neighbors do so we see each other all the time but they their porch doesn't have like a, an overhead and ours does mm-hmm. so whenever it's raining their cat will just hang out on our porch so sometimes uh, they're, they're and then the, the cat just got in the habit of uh, oh yeah whenever i see this kid this kid pets me <laughs> there's a, like a hundred percent pet rate with this hundred percent where we're with my family you know maybe i don't know i don't know what the percentage they're at but it's mm-hmm. way less than that you know what i mean <laughs> they can't compete with a hundred percent yeah and uh yeah the cat goes out of its way to like mate to run over to me now every time it sees me nice <laughs> yeah I, i'm wondering what the board like the line is of like when, when am i just allowed? yeah exactly <laughs> when am i allowed to just take the cat yeah. and be like this is what the cat chose <laughs> You know what I mean? If I leave my door open a crack, because we have to get our laundry from the basement, so we essentially have to like leave the house. There's a basement that uh, the downstairs and we live in the upstairs, like that we both can share for the laundry. Right. But uh, we have to go outside to get to it. So sometimes I'll just leave the. I'm like, I'll just leave my back door open, just like a crack, because I'll only be gone for two seconds to grab the laundry and I come back and the cat's like in our house, just like eating some dry food that's there, just making itself at home. Very <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> yeah, the other cat is making too old to to care. Mm-hmm. You know, we have like an 100 year old cat right now, so uh, it's like 2021. 20, that is basically 100. Yeah, yeah. It's like 100 in cat years. Yeah, that's what they said. They said it's 100 in cat years. So congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. Wow, that's an old cat. Yeah, <laughs> it's an yeah. old cat. Yeah, it's so- seen it all. <laughs> So uh, you <clears throat> have stated before that uh, you got into comedy because someone uh, suggested it to you. Yes. Like not – you didn't have like these big dreams necessarily. No, I, about... I always admired the the craft, but I never thought that it was real. I never like put thought into how does somebody <clears throat> do this thing. Right. And, oh, uh, how can I do that thing? Like I never thought of it like that. I viewed famous people as people that just – tripped and fell into fame yeah. or something like i never thought of the work that went into it so i never thought that it was something that i could do so i uh, i always liked comedy and i watched people's comedy specials but i never really put it into any thought of it being something that i could do someday right oh when uh at one point like when you started doing it did you kind of like kind of fall into like really passionate about it being really passionate about it and thinking it is something that you could i uh when i started i don't think there was ever a time that i like took a break or i I always kind of did it from the very beginning i was like oh i like doing this i'll do it more but it was like a mindset that changed i guess i guess after a couple years there was a mindset of where when i started to get better and then i looked at other comedians and then i was like okay they're actually if you do this long enough you can have a basis of enough relationships with people around the country to where even if you're not famous, you can still make a decent amount of money and not be dead mm-hmm. and you can enjoy <laughs> what you're doing. And, you know, and and uh, I think I always got that attitude from my dad because my dad pretty much instilled in me the idea that it's like, well, he's like, well, heck, you know what? There's some people who are poor and they hate their job. Worst case scenario, it sounds like you'll be poor and you'll like your job. So, mm-hmm. you know, at least you got that going for you, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, I, my family's always been really supportive in that regard. But yeah, it took, it took about a couple of years where I was like, you know what, I, I, I'm, do, I'm treating this already like I'm taking it serious, but um, it might be more than a hobby for me. Yeah. This might be something that I can eventually just, this is my job. And uh, it took a couple of years for that to click, but yeah, I'm glad it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it seems like 
that'd be such an awesome feeling. <laughs> like, yeah. It'd be like, yeah, I can actually just do this to make a living. Yeah. And it's like something I really love doing. Yeah. Um, so you uh, are this week uh, on August 24th will be uh, featured, have a, co- a special on a, uh, Kevin Hart's uh, The Next Level. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What is that exactly? So what that is, is it's a, it's, it's a half hour comedy special. Mm-hmm. And it's just the whole season, the, the show... Instead of it being called like Comedy Central Presents, mm-hmm. which is what people are like typically yeah. used to hearing, so some people get confused and they think that it's like a showcase because it has a there's a name of the show, right. so they're like, oh well, it's not a half hour, but it's uh, it's essentially just each episode highlights on a different comedian, um, where there will be like a two minute interview, a minute to two minute interview between mm-hmm. Kevin Hart and the comic, and then from there it just goes right to them, you know, walking on stage and. Uh, their half hour special. Got it. So it'll air as like two minutes of Kevin Hart talking to me, and then like twenty minutes of me doing stand up, and then the rest commercials. You right. Know? So that's uh, yeah, that's that's the makeup of the show. And, and yeah. it was filmed at the Orpheum Theater in L.A. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful theater. And what was it like doing that? Like, because uh, I know you've done it before with uh, with uh, Heart of the City. Yeah, but this was a yeah. They both had their own different feelings. So. Really? Uh, for for Heart of the City, it felt comfortable because, well, I've I've performed literally in this room a hundred times before. That was at the Music Hall, and they mm-hmm. have like a, they've had like showcases and monthly shows that they've done there for a while in the Music Hall uh, Jazz Cafe uh, Lounge, and um, so it just kind of felt like another showcase just with cameras, you know? Right. <laughs> but uh. But for this one, it was at a bigger, it was at a really big theater, and you know, I've 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 done some guest sets and some like five minute sets, you know, like on some bigger theaters before, but I haven't done too many, um, like where I'm doing a half hour mm-hmm. in this setting. Yeah. So uh, it 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 was different for for things like that, but you know, they, I saw the theater so much throughout the couple of days where we were getting it all going that, kind of at least felt used to the space, but. Uh, it, yeah, it was definitely a weird feeling. It it was a weird feeling for me knowing that like any way that I twitch my nose, that that's the way that it yes. is. <laughs> However, I scratch my nose. That's how I scratch my nose now in that special. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I was trying not to overthink it. Yeah. Uh, but then it's it's like I. But then afterwards, I'm like, maybe I didn't think it enough. Maybe I, you know, there's <laughs> always the hindsight is twenty twenty where I'm yeah. like, I love the way that it went, but uh, that's the weird thing about comedy is that even though I love the response I got from the jokes. Mm-hmm. But then the very next day, you can still think of a tag that's like, oh, wow, you know what? That would have been way better. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're never done writing. <laughs> right. So that's that's the weird thing of it, is that, all right, so that was the best half hour that I can put as of that moment. And then a week later, you'll have other jokes that you're like, ah, I probably would have used that instead. I mean, how does it <laughs> feel like... Like you, I'm sure you grew up watching Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Since you were young, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how does it feel knowing that you have a whole half hour of that show of that channel dedicated to you? Now? Yeah, like that's yeah. got to be kind of a wild. Yeah, that is thing really weird. That, that, that's yeah, that's wild. And um, it's weird for like people messaging me saying that they see like commercials, you know, with with their, with them advertising it, and then they see me in the commercial and stuff. It's it's a it's a weird thing to process. Because, uh, you know, I, especially because some people went into comedy a little bit more cockier than me, where I was yeah. just like, I'm going to have fun doing it. Sounds <laughs> cool. You know, and some people just know they're going to get famous as soon as they start, you yeah. know, type of a thing. 
And uh, so for me, when I compare it to my first goals in comedy, it's definitely crazy. Like, yeah. My first goal was just to be on a flyer. Yeah. I just thought it'd be cool to be on a flyer. Right. I was like, oh, man, people actually spent money to have a thing made with, with, my your, name with your face <laughs> or your name on it. Look at that. That would be cool. And then now, then fast forward, then there's shows where it's like, I'm on this flyer. I didn't even tell them I could do this show. <laughs> I said that I might be able to. I'd have to get back with them. I guess I'm doing this show. I'm on this flyer. You know. Then, uh, yeah, goal, no. goals and things. If you want to book Jeff Forrest, just put him on your flyer. But, uh, yeah, it. I'll feel obligated. It's like, well, I can't not go. I'm already on the flyer. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, yeah think goals and things change the more you do it. But I don't think that I'll ever uh, not appreciate that moment, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, – of that whole week and whole experience of of being out there and recording it, you know. Nice. Um, so you brought a clip from an uh, audio clip from the uh, the special for this week. For yes, that that, that audio clip is actually from uh, Heart of the City. Oh, okay. That's from the first one. So none I of those jokes uh, I was allowed to do. So got it. Okay. So it won't be any. <laughs> cool. And uh, all right. Material. So yeah. here is a little sample of Jeff Horse. Uh, comedy from uh, <laughs> Kevin Hart's Heart of the City. Growing up around Detroit, I, uh, I went to school with a couple of white people. And, um... <laughs> so, went to school with the type of white people that didn't know they were white. You know what I'm talking about? One guy used to wear FUBU. I had to be like, listen, buddy, that's not for us. Or by us, actually. <laughs> He'd wear do-rags and wave caps. I'm like, our hair doesn't even do that. He's <laughs> putting Murray's grease in his hair. <laughs> Holding a Diane brush. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what those last two things are. Uh, <laughs> for that joke, I just Googled stuff only black people mess with. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm joking, kinda. Um, so, <laughs> there's actually some racial profiling that happens to white people in Detroit, too. I'll tell you guys about it. Let's say it's me and a black friend of mine. Somebody wants to sell him some drugs. They approach him completely normal. Just, hey, what up, man? I got some kush. Yes or no? They'll go on with their day. Not until he looks at me. Oh, white boy. <laughs> Oh, white boy, I got those pills, I got the powder, I got the crack, I got the heroin, I got the acid, I got the next I got the oxycontin, I got the danger dust, I got the molly. Uh, first of all, you didn't say weed once. Um, Should have been an option, I feel. And did you say molly? What does my cousin have to do with this? I'm, I'm confused. Um, I like, uh, I like learning about uh, history and, uh, and different cultures. And I, and I learned something about, about white people. I learned that we invented credit. And, um... <laughs> like, like, taking credit for things that, like, maybe you shouldn't have. And, uh... <laughs> this is how it started, I think. I think, like, one day... Uh, we saw another race with some really cool invention. And we got a little nosy, and we were like, hey, who invented this thing? And they were just like, well, it doesn't matter who made it. What matters is we can all use it and appreciate it. And we were like, oh. Well, if it doesn't matter who made it, 
Let's just say white people made it. Uh, I'm gonna write white man on the bottom of this. And, uh, and we've used this logic for many inventions in history. Like, I don't know, like rock and roll, Jesus, you name it. And, um, And that logic is kind of how white people got to this country. Like one day we were like, hey, Indians. And they were like, who's that? We're like, it's you guys. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Indians, whose land is this? And they were like, what? Nobody owns this land. And we were like, oh. <laughs> well, if nobody owns this land, let's just say white people own this land. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you need to get off my land. I'm gonna tell you guys a story about the, uh, the first time uh, I had sex with a black woman. Um, why are some of you laughing already? No, it wasn't a make-a-wish, like what, it was... I'm kind of insulted. It was two adults that wanted to do grown-up stuff. Shut up, listen. You're laughing too early. Anyways, she asked me, she said, have you ever had sex with a black girl before? I was like, no, no, I haven't. She's like, oh, tch, you don't know what to do with this black pussy. Uh, excuse me? Um, Cause I really thought I did. You know what, I had a game plan, I'll share it with you. Um, I was gonna treat it exactly like the white pussy. Uh, Thank you guys very much. You guys have been great. Yeah. Hey. Funny stuff. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, shifting gears a little bit, uh-huh. uh, you on your website and on your YouTube channel, you have a clip of uh, someone throwing a dildo at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to talk about that a little sure, bit? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I did a show. I was at uh, Dr. Grin's in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. There was a show where there was a, a few uh, bridal uh, uh, showers, um, bridal parties, rather, that that were there. And most of them were actually just fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's weird when half of the audience is bridal parties, then it's like they go there with the idea, we're partying, dicks, cool, yeah. yay. Like they, they go there with a different mindset. So sometimes you can feel the vibe in the room like, oh, man, I haven't talked about sex in like 30 seconds. They're going to go crazy. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like you can hear when the audience laughs at some subjects more than others. So then I was like, as a joke, because a, a, a joke that was more of a cleaner joke uh, didn't get the response that I wanted. And uh, so then as a joke, I said something like, oh, I'm sorry, guys, I haven't talked about dicks in like 30 seconds and I lost you. And then a woman in the audience waved a dildo at me <laughs> and it was just flapping around. Were there a lot of dildos in the audience? Or that, just... that was the only dildo that I, that I know of okay. that was there. Um, it was flapping around. Yeah. And then, so then I made a joke of just like, well, first of all, or, you know, how random that was that she had that, but, um, also that it was flapping around. Yeah. I was like, I thought women wanted the hard ones. You're going to buy a <laughs> floppy toy. You're going to buy a limp dick toy. Like, I don't even understand the purpose of this, of, of what you have. I don't understand it. Maybe and it's special and it gets harder. It's a, yeah. You can arouse the dildo. It's, it's a very realistic anatomy. Yes. It's very... Well, you haven't played with it yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I joked about that. And then, then I, I, uh, I, I went into my next joke and a, a lady actually threw some, some purple beads at me. Yeah. And then at that point it was kind of like... 
That's not better than a dildo lady. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even know why you're still trying to join in on this joke. Unless it's the with these beads already... were little tiny dicks. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were just regular beads a kid could wear. Yeah. It was just regular Ugh. beads. They were kid-friendly beads. Dil- child could not wear that dildo. Yeah, a child could, exactly. So you got to keep the humor in that direction, lady. You yeah. can't top that. And uh, so I was like, that. The, the headliner just gave the dildo back to him but i was like look you'll get this dildo back after the show like you got to behave yourself you know what i mean like i'm not gonna just it's it's like a kid on their phone in class like you'll get this at the end of the school day yes not at the end of class Uh you're gonna have to now you now you lost phone privileges for the day i'm gonna go take this dildo backstage with me yeah get it back (laughs) yeah yeah you lost dildo privileges for the rest of this show and uh but afterwards the lady that threw the dildo at me came up to me and said that's what she said. She said, I'm sorry about the dildo. Um, in the moment, it just felt right. <laughs> She's, what a better compliment can you get about your stand Yeah, yeah. in the moment, it just felt right. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, so where'd you get that dildo? And then she said that her, uh, her friend, who is the woman who is getting married, uh-huh. uh, who is there as well, uh, she makes dildos for a living. Okay. And she gave, so like that's what she does, is she contributes to her family's income. Like in her basement, her real job is she makes dildos. Mm-hmm. And she gave uh, her that dildo because she didn't like the way that it turned out. Which to me is like, oh, <laughs> fuck that lady. Right? Like, come on. Like, yeah, this is a friend of yours that that is a part of your bridal party and you... You're not. You're gonna give her a dildo that you don't like. Yeah, and also like you make them for a living. <laughs> like this isn't like it's an expensive thing. This is a thing that you made. Yeah. that you didn't like. If I made anything and I didn't like it and I gave it to you, I don't even care if you like that thing. That's still an insult. Yeah, it's like here's a <laughs> shitty thing that I don't like. Do yeah. you want it? Like I. Let alone a sex toy. Like, give her a fucking good one. You probably got a bunch of them. No, normally they're pretty hard, but this one. Yeah, came out this flexible. one is. I don't know. This is a flexible, bendy one. Here, you can take it. <laughs> Why would you do that? What an yeah, it's awful friendship. I think that I don't think guys would be that way with sex toys. I would like to I believe. That, I also don't. I never gifted a sex toy. To yeah, I, I never have, but I can't imagine giving you like here's a pocket pussy that's awful. I hate it. <laughs> I hate the way it feels, but you can have it. No, it'd be like, this is a great one. This is a top-notch one. This I recommend my favorite it. And one. Since you're a good friend of mine, I'm willing to give you one of my favorites. <laughs> that's what That's what it would be. That's what I'd like to imagine. It'd be the way that so it would be. So you're a better out. friend than that woman's yeah. bride. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's, you ha- you handled that situation pretty, pretty dang Thank well. You. You Thank you. I was recording the set, set just, just, just to record to the it. set like mm-hmm. it would be a normal set. And mm-hmm. I wanted to record that weekend in general. And uh, I wasn't, I'm glad I recorded it, but I definitely wasn't prepared for it to, uh, to go, go that, in that direction. to go in that direction <laughs> yeah. of, you know, in retrospect, there's always these other ways that you wonder how you could have handled it. Like if yeah. I would have had the, if I would have just snatched it out of the air, and if she would have thrown it, it if like... I just was like, oh man, like that little <laughs> quick, but uh, and just threw it right back at her or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. She wouldn't have been ready for that. No. But yeah, I'm happy with the way that I handled it. What what percentage of a stand-up comedian's skill set is dedicated to, like, heckling management <laughs> and, like, crowd work kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's, some people are, are better at that than others, mm-hmm. uh, especially to start with. Some people might be better at that than their actual, like, jokes. Mm-hmm. And 
that was kind of where I was because when I started, well, no, I, I, I wasn't that person at all. Actually, oh, okay. I said that the opposite. I, I got better at dealing with that the longer that I did comedy because yeah. when I started comedy, like I was a nervous child. Like I was funny to the people next to me, yeah. but I failed speech class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just cause I'm just, no, I'm not going to do the speech. She's not going to do it. Yeah. You know, like, I just, <laughs> I, it terrifies me, the thought of doing it. My heart's beating fast. I don't like the way my body feels. I'm not going to do this. And uh, so I, I still am a little bit more shy of a person. So it, it took me a while to, to, to kind of get into that personality of being on stage and being comfortable and confident. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, I'd say that yeah, there there definitely is a percentage that is now good at it, but it took a while to 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 kind of hone that. <laughs> yeah. To where you don't panic when somebody does something it crazy. It can be jarring, especially yeah. like do you get a lot? Do you get any people like like actually like like the definite like the the typical idea of what heckling is like someone yelling at you like swearing at you. I've had people that. Uh, yeah, but the weirdest thing is for me what happens the most is somebody specifically doesn't like something that I'm saying. Yeah. But other people like it. Mm-hmm. And they still feel like they're allowed to complain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're not though. Like yeah. if this is if the, if you if you go to like a like a restaurant that gets great reviews and everybody loves the food and you don't, you're not allowed to give a bad review. <laughs> you just have different taste buds. You know what I mean? Like everybody else said this is great. Like yeah. you just don't like that. You know what I mean? It's it's like some people if you don't like westerns, you shouldn't be allowed to grade a western movie. That's yeah. just not what you're into, yeah. you know? So if everybody else is having a good time and you don't like it, you're allowed to not like it. But to heckle as if like the other the crowd doesn't even agree with you. Yeah. The crowd's on my side. They yeah. liked it. You know? Yeah. So sometimes that happens if there's people that are a little bit more uh, yeah, it'd be a different conservative. Yeah, be different if you were going out there like shouting racist stuff. <laughs> like... Yeah, there's a lot of people that are more conservative and they don't like me mentioning race. There's white people that I think that me mentioning racial inequality makes them feel bad because they're right. like, I've been white my whole life and I haven't given a shit about it. So now, this, why him saying that he cares makes me feel bad that I don't care. Yeah. So I think sometimes that happens. Yeah. Uh, but um, in in those people are probably the quickest. I had somebody who like who called me a snowflake because mm-hmm. I said that I thought hunting is stupid, and I was like, wow, that's you use <laughs> snowflake on hunting. <laughs> that's where you put that term. Well, you're just throwing it around then. A lot of people don't like hunting. That's not like, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like your team makes up 95% of this country. <laughs> a lot of people that think that it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. And, and yeah, but yeah, pe- people get angry about whatever they want to. That's such a fun word, the calling someone a snowflake now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it that is. started pretty recently, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. It really did. And they're just throwing it out there. And now it's turned into the, I can tell you're liberal and I'm conservative, so any belief you say that's different than mine, I'm going to call you a snowflake. Right. I'm like, that's not how insults work. But also... You just found out that I have a different opinion. Like, snow can be pretty devastating. (laughs) Like... You're just looking at the flake. Yeah. Yeah. Just one tiny flake. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them, like... uh, Kill people. Yeah, they can kill people. People have died. Avalanches. Yeah, yes. have you ever heard of deal. an avalanche? Have you heard of an avalanche, sir? Have you heard of frostbite? <laughs> snow, buddy. It's all snow. So, um, so you also recently uh, started. Uh, I don't know, recently, but uh, like in the last couple of years, started doing mm-hmm. improv comedy. Yeah. as well. Uh, how has that uh, kind of influenced the way you do stand up? Um, it's definitely helped me in. 
being more the being more comfortable with not having an exact set planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, really? You just having, have like jokes that you'd have. Well, I have like that. premises, but I mean, I, I've always been okay with the idea of like going on stage with, but with not knowing exactly the order of my set or something like that. But um, not letting it reflect to the audience that you don't have an exact plan right. and you're still fine with it uh, is definitely something that I've gotten better with or just also not being as stiff on stage and just talking into the microphone. Of uh, It can keep the audience's attention more to look around a little bit more, use your hands. You can open a door by pretending and actually acting out that you open a door. Just yeah. like little tiny things can make storytelling better. Yeah. So... Uh, that those are things that I've, I've I'm trying to get better at, and that I've picked up uh, from doing improv. But yeah, there's definitely times where it's like uh, doing stand up. You might have half of a joke in your head, and then you're like, it, some people might be more comfortable telling that joke when they finished writing the other half. Hmm. Where now it's like, just I don't know, say the half of the joke you know, and try to make up something funny on stage. Whatever you. Half of the open mics are just other comics, anyways. Who cares? That's you know what really I mean? What are, they, what are they, they going to do? What are yeah. they going to you know, unfriend you on Facebook? Who cares? <laughs> just try the joke, you know? And, uh, and that, yeah, sometimes, you know, that, that helps. Sometimes just the, a different way to write. Joke. Yeah, sometimes it finishes the joke, you yeah. know? In the moment, the way that people react, what they laugh at can kind of influence the direction that you go. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so where, uh, if someone is looking to get into doing stand-up, mm-hmm. uh, what what do you think is, would be a good course of action for them to do that? Um, for myself. For the, <laughs> uh, for like the, the if, you, if, you, if you're in like Michigan, um, I would say Michigan Comics Network is a good Facebook page to go to that has like a pinned post of like all of the list of open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just start from there. You you can go to one open mic, and um, it, it's it's definitely something where it's good to accept the fact that you're not going to be good when you start, mm-hmm. or definitely not as good as you can be. Yeah. So regardless of where you start, whether you're good or bad, it won't be the best version of you, and mm-hmm. there's nothing you can even do to make you do better at first. You have to suck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like some people don't want to do it because they're like, oh, I don't want to do bad. I want to prepare, and they prepare for years, and it's before they've even tried to do it. Yeah, and I'm like, all of the learning is going to be through the failure, through doing it, all the little tiny things of uh, stage presence, or just the little tricks, or writing, or how you say it. All of those things will all happen from experience. Yeah, and when people want to avoid doing something because they're like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm like, well. That's not how you get ready by not doing it. Yeah, you know. So uh, I'd say just yeah, if anybody wanted to do stand up, just go to any. You know, it's it's good to go to the clubs too. You know, you can go to try to get on the open mics at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle or Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. Um, even if you don't get in on the open mic, if they don't pick you, you it's still good to go there and mingle watch with it. the other comics and watch it. Obviously, watching comedy can be very beneficial. Um, just so you know what, what it, it a lot of people you might not know what a hack joke is until you watch comedy mm-hmm. you know uh especially for me like i do like a black room white room uh i'll do racially you know diverse rooms and uh sometimes i'll go to a black room where i'm like wow this was a hacky joke for white people for the last 3 years this this hasn't even traveled 
over to your side yet and then the other way around where i'll go to some black rooms or, or some white rooms and i'm like man black people have been doing that joke for years guys <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like and if if people only stay in their one area they're comfortable they're yeah. comfortable in they they're they're missing some of the experiences that can help them grow as a comic excuse i don't i don't know what a hacky what hacky joke means like uh <laughs> like for example like uh, just things that are so obvious that you would probably just throw that joke away. Oh, okay. But other people would still say that joke. Got it. Because they know it's a cheap laugh. They know the audience. The, the audience is stupid. The audience <laughs> is, is the least important part of the show. And <laughs> they'll laugh at whatever you tell them that they have to laugh at. But you, you could just pick, yeah, you can make fun of Honey Boo Boo all day if you want. You know what I mean? Uh, I but but what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like anybody could have did that. Like yeah. it, that that to me is what so it is. Just, like if an audience member could have easily have done that joke, mm-hmm. then, then so with, without any memes, effort. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like there's a lot of people that'll make like Sam Bernstein jokes, uh-huh. uh, and they'll exaggerate it, and they'll say that uh, Richard Bernstein is like they'll they'll call him retarded, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, he's blind. <laughs> first of all, he's. I mean, he, he ran a marathon yeah. while blind. He wrote. He's wrote books blind. He passed the bar exam blind. I don't think he's retarded. I'm pretty sure he's a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> for, for you know, for him to be blind and have that many more accomplishments than what I've had in my lifetime. I mean, yeah. he, that's impressive. You know, but it's it's very low hanging fruit and easy to just uh, call him stupid and make fun of. There's probably like thirty comics that have a joke <laughs> about Richard Bernstein. <laughs> about Richard Bernstein oh, no. not looking at the camera the right way. <laughs> And uh, calling them stupid and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. And then at that point, it's just like, <laughs> if, if everybody's doing this joke, why would you want to do it? Even right. if you were the one that wrote it first. Yeah. You either have to tell 30 people to stop doing it. Yeah. Or, or I mean, because even if you thought of it first, eventually you're, it's like, is it your pride or your career? What are you yeah. thinking about most? Yeah. Because if you're saying the same things that everybody else is saying, why would they want to see you again? Right. What makes you special enough for them to be like, I want to go see this person perform again? Yeah. If literally you're saying jokes that anybody else could say and that they can Google. Yeah, definitely. So. Good point. Very yeah, good point, Jeff Horst. <laughs> Thanks. So uh, where can people find more from you? Um, I have a website, jeffhorstcomedy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff and then H-O-R-S-T-E. Uh, Jeff Horst, you can find me Not on Jeff Horst. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, all that. And then I put all my dates and shows. I advertise them. Uh, I update them on my website all the time. And then, of course, I promote them on social media. But um, the next, I'd say the next like bigger like a uh, local show I'm doing um, there's a comedy group that I'm in where a couple of those comics live in L.A. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so all four of us will be performing together at the Sanctuary uh, September 20th Nice um, in Hamtramck. So uh, that would be a, a show that I'd recommend if anybody wanted to, to see me uh, live mm-hmm. uh, within the next couple months locally. Nice. And you also, again, have this Friday, August 24th. Yes. Kevin Hart's. The Next Level. Kevin Hart presents The Next Level yeah. uh, at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Friday, this Friday, uh, August 24th. Um, it'll also be on the Comedy Central website and on the Comedy Central app. You can watch it all on there. That's right. I'll and, be watching uh, it because I don't have then, cable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, um, I'm having a, a live viewing party at Zeke's Barbecue if anybody wants to go there. All the TVs will be on. Uh, I'll show up around 9, but anytime you know anybody wants to, to, to watch the show... Uh, anybody can swing on by. Nice. I love Zeke's Barbecue. Yeah. They have yeah. a great, simpler platter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
They got some good food. I'm oh, excited. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being hey, on the thanks, show, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it. Uh, up next, we will be joined by June Tutu Darling after this break. She's a former Hollywood starlet. I should have mentioned that. So get excited. We'll be back after this. Bye. <laughs> The Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in the world. We just got off with Jeff Horst, and now we are joined by uh, retired Hollywood starlet. Am I right in that? Well, uh, you say retired. Um, yeah, I guess go, go with that. I haven't I, done it in a while. I have. Well, I haven't been cast in a while. Oh, okay. So, you, yeah, you haven't done it. I still dabble. Right? Yeah. Well, her name is June Tutu Darling. Um, which, where do you get a name like that? Like, June Darling, I can see, but where does the Tutu well, come in? Well, June uh, Darling was my given name. Uh-huh. Tutu came uh, from a role that I did when I was a, a young gal. Okay. Uh, where uh, I pranced around in a tutu, so uh, oh. June Tutu Darling. It's spelled T-W-O, T-W-O, though, right? Yes, it is. That's not how you spell Tutu. I know. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, you were pretty famous back in, like, what, say, like, the 40s, 50s? Yeah. That era? Yeah. Time? Um, uh, thank you for saying that. Mostly, uh, saying what? Pretty famous? Yeah, it's just, you know, uh, it's hard to find recognition these days. Yeah, well, I mean... Especially from kids whose noses are stuffed in their phones. Yeah, very true. But you, I mean, yeah, I would say you were a pretty pretty well-known starlet, yeah, between the ages of, like, 13 to 21, or your your major years. I would say so as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a... it was a, I would say, a magical time mm-hmm. for a while there. Yeah. Well, let's well let's go down your filmography. Yeah. Uh, so your first film, you were how old? Uh, I was six years old. Six six years old. Yeah. yeah. That's when. Uh, well, my father had left, and uh, my mother, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, essentially sold me to uh, Warner Brothers. Sold you. Yeah. Like you were the property. They were your like guardian. Uh, essentially, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you lived on set. Uh yeah, and uh yeah, so that first year, you were you did like uh probably about thirty thirty eight films probably uh, thirty seven I believe thirty it was. thirty seven yeah. okay yeah. yeah and like most of them well a lot of the roles were like kind of smaller bit parts I would say most of them would be considered background roles but I mean that's 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 an actor's bread and yeah. butter mm-hmm. you know getting yeah. in there yeah but you didn't get paid for any of that uh, well I mean. Getting paid, uh, I was paid in experience. True. Yeah. Very true. Which, uh, you know, I, I, hear kids, I hear kids complain about it all the time these days. It's like they're an actor and uh, someone wants to play them in experience and they say, oh, uh, I can't survive on experience. You know, it's get your head out of your tuchus <laughs> and uh, maybe, you know, grab life by the horns and just take the experience, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, wh- just where, live with it. where else are you going to get that? Yeah. Experience and cash. You can't have experience. You can't. 
You can't. You can either have experience or not have experience. Exactly. You can't have exposure, or you can not have exposure. I I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Are you an actor? I am. Oh wow. I've gotten paid in experience a lot. <laughs> oh, well, it's, yeah. See, yeah. Someone someone around here knows what they're doing. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it is. So uh, then your but your big breakout role wasn't until you were ten years old. Yes, ten years old. Um, and that was a that was a pretty serious role. It was very serious. It was uh, quite a heavy drama, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think it, uh, it it really set a course for who I was as yeah. a, as an actress all those years. And uh, so, at uh, ten years old, you you played uh, Adolf Hitler. Yes. Um, which was inter- because you were a young woman. Uh, yes. Interesting take on Adolf Hitler. Um, well, it was they they wanted it to be a comedic role, mm-hmm. but uh, you know through great the dictator material, had just come out. And, yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, how are you going to compete with Chaplin in nope. the comedy realm? Nope. So they decided, you know what, we're not going to recast. We're just going to make it a drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think it worked really. It did actually work. Thank you. Because it it it's it said a lot about the Hitler's like personality as right. is more childish uh, and having an actual child to portray that was uh, powerful yeah it was uh it, it, it really enlightened mm-hmm. the uh the whole kind of uh hitler uh conversation which what is still it? going on these days and uh, i don't want to say that that was because of me but yeah. i it think didn't hurt. I, I, absolutely i think it helps keep the conversation alive which mm-hmm. it always should be you were one of the f- uh, youngest you were the first, uh, like, youngest person to ever be nominated for Best Actor, Actress in a, in a role at the Oscars. I that. was. Uh, and that, how did that feel? Like, oh, to, to, like, uh, be uh, honored with that? I well, mean, you were young, so you might have yes, not. Yes, and at the time, I was on quite a large amount of uh, cocaine. Um, At 10 years old. Yes. Well, they start you young because, you know, when when you're that old and you work so much, mm-hmm. you get real tight. Right. So they got to keep you awake. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got to keep you fed. So why not throw a little cocaine your way and then you're not, you're not always at the craft table and uh, you, you have a better work ethic. True. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it, it, it's all really a blur at that point because God, it was uh, just snow here, snow there. I mean, I was seeing white for days on end, and uh, so I, I get to the uh, to the, the the Academy Awards and ceremony and everything, and uh, I mean, you you know what happened? I I obviously did not win. You didn't win. Uh, it, which... And it was a it was you didn't just not win. Like it was pretty. Your breakdown that you had was iconic. Well, you see, you call it a breakdown, but again, I was a child. Yes, you were a 10-year-old hopped up on cocaine. Yes, among other things. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, that's a lot for a young kid to take. Yes. uh, it's uh, they say acting's a lot about rejection, but that was that was the biggest rejection I could have taken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you know for 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 what happened, I think I took it pretty well. I mean, okay, you run around on stage and uh, you lift up your skirt and you you know your top falls off. It's uh it's considered bad PR, I guess. Yes. But uh, you know, as a kid, I think. Uh, 
I think it was justified. We'll say that. Sure. Yeah. So for the next couple of years, you kind of were not cast in anything. Kind of uh, shunned yeah. away. From, Hollywood kind of shunned away from you. Yeah. For the next uh, four years, um, I did a lot of like uh, B-grade science fiction movies. Oh, where, really? Uh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, well, when they needed, like, a smaller alien or a smaller monster who uh, wouldn't have their face shown on screen, uh, they would say, hey, what's uh, June doing? And, uh, you know, I wasn't doing much other mm-hmm. than the uh, math. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but, math. Oh, you went on a math. Yeah, well, I mean, once you get rejected from the ass, you, you go on to harder things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, up as down as I was... Uh, yeah, oh, rough time. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sorry. it. It's, Sorry, it's behind it me. No, it's, I mean, I, I live it every night I go to sleep. Yeah. I, I can't close my eyes without uh, at least four bad trips. But, you know, uh, who needs who needs sleep? Yeah. Honestly. Very true. I mean. It's overrated. Right. But, uh, so, but then you, once you hit about, four, was it 14 or 15, uh, you had your next pretty big role. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, that role. And here's the thing. I really was trying to prove myself at that point because I, I had kind of been out of the radar for so long. So, I mean, at that point, you got to put your heart and soul into it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 you could say that the film was experimental, but uh, it was uh, disturbing. Is a is a light is a soft word. For okay. It, I think. Well, look, you look you go to a museum and you see some art. Mm-hmm. You're walking around. You see porcelain penises everywhere. Yeah. But that's shocking, is it not? Yes. Exactly. So art is shocking. Yes. So you would agree with me that it was art? Uh, yes, I would agree with okay, you that you. it was art. I would stay, still say it was, it's uh, disturbing, uh, unsettling. Um, you killed someone. You killed somebody live on, on, on camera. Well, yeah. Um, uh, and gutted them look, and consumed okay. their intestines. Okay, look. He was dying anyway. Right. Okay, yes. He was a very old man. He agreed to it. it was I think consenting. at the time he was uh, 74. 74 years which, old. Which, uh, for, for the time, that that's uh, you're, you're pretty ripe. He also had, you know? a, he had debilitating disease. That, exactly. That was his, he, I mean, he was the director right. of the film. Well, obviously, you're not going to hire an actor for that. I mean, right. come on. But, right. I mean, look, I get a lot of grief for this. Yes. And it haunts me to this day. The not, action or the grief? Not, not the action, the grief. Oh. I was happy to do it. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, I had trips worse than what I saw that day. Uh-huh. So, you know. It was just another day. It was another day. It was another mild day for June Tutu Darling. Yes. And uh, it, 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 it set a course for the rest of my career, which some would say it was maybe a bad step. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, if you're, not, if you're not exploring new realms, you're not, you're not really an artist. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so at the Oscars that next year, you weren't nominated, but the director, who was, again, the man who was You Killed an Eight. Yeah, well, uh, we'll call the him film. The Corpse. Yeah. Yes, The Corpse. Well, uh, Richard Johnson. The uh, Corpse. Yes. Uh, yeah. He was nominated for uh, both Best Supporting Actor and Director, and he lost both. Yes. And you had another major breakdown. Okay. Well, look, when... When you're going through something like that for your art and uh, it's not recognized yes. by your your peers, mm-hmm. it uh, it's fuck it, it 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 really uh, it it chapped my ass. I guess chapped you could your say. Ass. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that phrase. Well, uh, I guess it. Look, I did some things mm-hmm. in that film that uh, I thought. Uh, Okay, look, it was my Oscar picture. Yes. That's what I that's why I did it. 
Yeah. I wouldn't have had my hands deep inside a man's chest cavity if uh, I didn't think I was going to be uh, yeah. rained down in little golden statues. Yeah. Leonardo so, DiCaprio uh, tried that method, too, and it worked for him. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for some people it works. For some people, uh, I guess the Academy that year, the, the heads were too uh, far up their asses to uh, recognize true art. Yeah. That's a pain. Oh, it uh, yeah. It's uh, it it haunts me to this day. But so your Oscar-winning performance didn't come until you were uh, twenty years old or nineteen? Was it nineteen? Uh, it was the cusp. It was I I was you nineteen were... going on twenty. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, that was for your role in uh, uh, two pretty shadows playing uh, art games. Yes. Um, which was a phenomenal role. Oh well, uh, thank you. Many people consider it even better than Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane. I definitely do. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about going into that role, because you, as far as I'm aware, you were not on the drugs anymore at that point. Well, my PR person was pretty good at hiding it at that point. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, look, you're 10 years old and you're taking methamphetamines. It's going to stick with you for a while. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I would say by the age of 21, it was mostly flushed out of my system. Right. But then I was legally able to drink and uh, tomato, tomato, things happen. Yeah. And, you know, you trade one vice for another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, the vice worked because it was a transcendent role. Uh, wow, you, transcendent. Yeah. Okay. You, you played the role of uh, Kitty Braxton. Kitty Braxton. Uh, in that. And uh, just a s down on her luck, uh, former, uh, like, secretary yeah. uh, for, uh, like, a, like, an iron steel manufacturer mogul yes ceo and uh kind of got roped into this kind of murder plot yes um murder romance thing murder romance prostitution um, yeah, it had it had everything in there yeah and uh but afterwards you it, that was your last major role because after because you, you did win the oscar for that yes and uh you kind of became so obsessed with the the idea of like that show or that that movie that you you became that character for a very long time. Some say became the character. I think the character became me. Interesting. Yes, I mean when you so when you so balls deep in a role, mm -hmm. it's hard to uh, kind of look back and realize where reality's gone. Yeah. Know? So that was a good ten years or so that you were you only referred to yourself as Kitty. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, a lot of people thought you were never gonna be the same. Well, I, in some ways I wasn't, but mm -hmm. in a, in a other ways, uh, I wasn't. I guess I wasn't. I wasn't the same person. I still am not to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some mornings I wake up, and uh, I gotta do a double take in the mirror to really? remember who I am. Yeah. Uh, I was at the bank the other day signing a check. I bet you cannot guess what name I started writing first. Kitty. Braxton. No, June. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I, I almost wrote Kitty. I thought about it. Yeah. Was the thing. Well, I'm glad that you still wrote your name. Thank you. Yeah. I can still write. That's, uh, you know, got something going for yeah. me these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you ever, uh, like, miss being Kitty Braxton for those 10 years? You know, to say I would miss it is a bit misleading only because I feel like uh, you know I live that life yeah I feel like Kitty's dead um, and uh, rest in peace yeah 
Rest in peace for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, not in peace so much the way I had to, uh, you know, figuratively kill her, but it, uh, again, I know I've been using the phrase a lot, but that haunts me to this day as well. Um, I, I, I don't say that I'd miss it, no. If someone wanted to make a sequel to uh, Two Pretty Shadows playing art games, would you reprise that role? I would say, uh, show me the paycheck first. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, but yes, absolutely. You would, yeah, emotionally yeah. you'd be able to get back into that place. Uh, I think so. I think I'm uh, at an age now and I'm off most of the uh, hard stuff that I could uh, maintain somewhat of a grasp on reality. There you go. I Fair. think. I mean, uh, I don't know. There's some nights I go to bed and I think to myself, hey, why is the ghost of Ronald Reagan masturbating in my closet? But Very true. It's you know it's 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 all it's all part of the game. So you yeah so years went by no one was casting you because you were just either play being someone else uh, or uh, just completely strung out on drugs. Right, and also getting... I had changed my mailing address uh, because I was going by the name Kitty, and everyone yeah. was uh, sending scripts to June. Yes. So uh, I I hadn't read a script in probably. Eight to ten years at mm-hmm. that point, and but finally now you're you're older. You are off. You're mostly sober, uh, mostly. of the hard stuff. Yeah. Um, and you. You know, ha- I, I like to sniff markers now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to be eighteen to buy them. Markers? Yeah, a lot of them. Really? Yeah. I didn't try, know that. Check out at Walmart, at one of those uh, self scans. Try to buy a pack of markers. I guarantee you, you're not getting out of there without getting your ID checked. I did not know that. Yeah. It's some crazy stuff. <laughs> so, what is that like, sniffing markers? Uh, well, it's the cheapest uh, high I've ever, I've ever received. Uh-huh. It, uh, you know, you just kind of lock in. You sit down uh, in a chair. I like to light a candle or two, just mm-hmm. for uh, ambiance, and uh, I'll pop it open, and uh, kind of run it under my nose for a good... Ten minutes. I I did the... at first. I thought it was like crusted red blood on your nose, but now I'm realizing that's marked. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. No, I I haven't had a nosebleed in a while, which is weird because it's so dry in there now. Yeah, it's like uh, it's a uh, real real scratchy, real itchy. I'm uh, sure. I mean, I, fuck, I I haven't had snot in my nose and well since the cocaine really. Yeah. It, uh, it since of, you were a very young yeah, girl. It clears you out. Yeah. I haven't had a cold and. 25 years. Wow. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, so, but uh, finally, uh, you have been cast in another major role again. Uh, yes. Coming out in, uh, I think, in a couple weeks now, in September? Uh, yes, in uh, September uh, 25th, uh, to, I believe, around that weekend. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, uh, it came as a surprise. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, and that's the name of the movie, too. Yeah. It came as a surprise. It is. What? You like how I uh, tied that in? Yeah, very, yeah. very clever. I've been talking to uh, some uh, comedians who are trying to give me some pointers. Yeah, I heard you talking to Jeff on his way out. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a nice boy. Mm-hmm. He's Handsome. A really, oh, oh, don't <laughs> even get me started. God, if my husband wasn't still around. I oh, he swear. is? Well, uh, mentally, no. No, but, but he's physically, yes. Physically, no. No. Things don't work the way they used to. Oh, but he is like a being that occupies space in your house. Yeah, he's a being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's there. Yeah, he's always there, if nothing else. Yeah. 
Greg, the man who's always there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great name for a movie. Yeah. You write? You uh, you write any pictures? I would write. I would do it. Oh, good. Because, uh, I don't know, maybe if I come up with an idea, I can... Uh, Slide it your way. Maybe you could. Yeah. So uh, tell me about this new movie that's coming out. It came as a surprise. Well, it came as a surprise. Is uh, I think the kids are calling it a found uh, footage. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a, it's like filmed on like a hand hand camcorder. Yeah, and like thing. cellular devices and yes. all these wacky things that I I had never seen before. Right. In, in my day, if you weren't using your knees to lift up a camera, you had back problems for the rest of your life yeah so yeah it's, it's real wild they had all these cameras strapped to different people uh i had one strapped to my head at some points and uh yeah well the, the picture is a is a is a um uh you've seen the blair witch project yes it's a little uh like that in the same vein mm-hmm. uh a, a ghost movie mm-hmm. spooky paranormal. yeah paranormal yeah. it's uh it's uh um, God, you know I'm too old for this. It's shit. Oh, the movie's not good. It's not good. Why? Why, why is that? Why do you say that? Uh, look, the found footage genre—it's uh—it's tapped a little dry. It's lazy. It's drier than my nose at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It, lazy's putting it nicely. I mean, you throw some cameras on some people. You 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 don't even write a script for it. There was no script. No, it was all improvised. Wow. Yeah. I mean, here's what was written. This is this is what I got first day of filming. This was the script. It said, there will be monsters. Act natural. Do your job. And that was it. That's all we had to go on. <laughs> Do your job was in the script. Do your job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had to be clear about it. The director was only there fifty percent of the time. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. What's there for him to direct? I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, he was also in the movie. Oh. But he was one of the. Uh, uh, I don't even know what they called those monsters. They, they were these. They were these uh, children esque creatures with, uh, like, eggshell cartons on their head. Eggshell cartons on their head. Yeah, it was it was strange. I think uh, the Bubblies. The Bubblies. What was the name of the monsters in I the movie? I think so. All right. My memory's not so good. All right. The cocaine kind of. sounds like a really bad monster. Knock some things loose. Yeah. It, I mean, look. At the end of the day, they're going to slap $50 million worth of CGI on that bullshit, and mm-hmm. they're going to call it finished. True. So, I mean, look, I look at it this way. I'm getting my paycheck. Yep. I got out of my studio for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I was used for good. Uh, good. I, I was used, I guess. I'm sorry. Eh, nothing to be sorry about. It's the path, uh, the path my life uh, kind of careened into. I mean... It's just sad that your returning role is like you're you're a Hollywood legend, and it's a role that you're not happy with. Well, you know, uh, I think my real passion these days is uh, teaching. Anyway, oh, so you teach acting? I do. I I have a little studio. Um, 
it's it's nothing uh, super special. It's uh, it was an old Quizanos. A Quizano? A Quiznos? Uh, no, I think it's Italian. I think it's Quizanos. Okay. Uh, I think they sold uh, uh, submarine submarines. Mm-hmm. Sandwich? No, sandwiches. Submarine, submarine sandwiches. sandwiches. Yes. Uh, they, yeah. I. I. There's posters of like gerbils or something yes. in there. Yes. Quiznos. Yeah. Cuisinos. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I have a little studio in there, and uh, my my son Max books all my uh, my acting students, and uh, I think that's where my real passion is. Wow. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank well, you. where can people find uh, your your classes? Well, they can find my classes at take two two dot. Com. Okay. Because it's like take, take two two classes. Yeah, take two, take two, take two two classes. Yeah. And you get like you have a special on there. I I have a few specials. Take two classes, get one free. Yes. Yeah. How did you know? I I signed up. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to that. Me too. I'm trying to find a student that I can kind of mold into my uh, my my DiCaprio. I would be very happy to be your DiCaprio. I tell you what, if you can be my DiCaprio, oh, the things I would do to you now. <laughs> so you, but you, you did have some people that you, uh, you molded, and they're not famous actors. Yeah, they're. Uh, you did a uh, Selena Gomez. I did. Well, well, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Uh, look, uh, some of the facts on my website aren't. Uh, they're embellished. Yeah. Really? Embellished. What happened was, I was in New York for a time, for a spell, we'll say. I was on the street corner, mm-hmm. fighting with a hot dog vendor who wouldn't fill a bun with mustard without a hot dog in it. Which I think, I'm saving you a hot dog, buddy, just give me the bun with the mustard, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Anyway, I see Selena Gomez get out of a taxi cab, right? Yeah. And I say, hey, Selena Gomez... When you're acting, maybe uh, maintain more eye contact. Mm-hmm. And uh, boom, next thing I know, she was the biggest fucking star in Hollywood. That's pretty smart. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show, June. Uh, thank you for having You've me. You've been a pleasure. Uh, you have been a pleasure too, my uh, Leonardo. <laughs> and so people shouldn't go see your new movie. This, uh, well, this, uh, can we cut any of this out? Uh, no. Uh, Look, I said some things about it before. Um, just go see it. You never know. Uh, kids like crazy things these days. That's they're, true. they're flying around on hoverboards. Uh, you might like this movie, so yeah, come see it. There you go. Well, thank you so much, June. And thank you for having me. Well, we will be back next week with more fun. This has been the Michael 3 Variety Hour. Bye. The Michael Dupree Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. Find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.